Welcome to Catch Outdoors. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modi. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know you can contact me via email at catchoutdoors@gmail.com. My website's catchoutdoors.com. And yes, there's a Facebook page. Go figure. <laughs> Catch Outdoors. My second book, Bridge to Paradise, is now available on my website at catchoutdoors.com. It's a book of short stories about fishing, travel, and life. All copies are signed and the shipping is included in the posted price. Both it and my first book, What I Know About Fishing Southwest Florida, are available on Amazon Kindle. Today's episode is number 14. I call this the in-between week, the time between Christmas and New Year's. Some go back to work, some spend that week playing and resting, or <laughs> yeah, so they can jump back into it after uh, New Year's Day is over with. But we got this weekend here, and it's it's nice, you know. This is a really it's a great time. I I was out. Uh, I'm recording this on Monday, yeah. So you're hearing it tomorrow. I was out and about doing a little grocery shopping, trying to get caught up. You know, things are winding down, and and I and I noticed that the traffic just was nowhere near as thick and crazy as it normally is until I got out to the beach road to get home, and I was like, wow, I know where everybody is. Of course, there's a reason for that. It's absolutely beautiful here right now. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. I had a wonderful week. I, I really did. Uh, for the first time in two and a half years, I saw all three of my daughters in the same week, which is pretty amazing. I mean, saying so because, you know, one of them's located in Fort Myers, one of them's located in Louisville, Kentucky, and the other one's in Montreal, uh, Canada. So they're they're pretty spread out. And it was just nice to have everyone in one spot for the first time in ages, especially my my daughter, Miranda, who's working up in Montreal. As you know, when the COVID ha happened, they Canada seriously locked down and stayed locked down. So it's pretty much impossible for us to visit and for her to get out. And if she got out, she couldn't get back in again. So it was, it was really kind of a mess. But uh, anyway, that's that's kind of settled down, sort of. I guess everybody's following the news for this week. It's... Uh, it's a little nuts out there. There's some monstrous lines with people getting checked over here on uh, in the Fort Myers and Miami area. So I have a feeling it may be that weird way just about everywhere. But anyway, we had a really great time. We had a family lunch over in Fort Myers, which was which was really I liked that a bunch. Uh, we went to Pinchers, Pinchers Crab Shack out on uh, San Carlos Boulevard, the one that's close to the bridge that takes you over to uh, Fort Myers Beach. My mom was there. My brother, Captain Pete, was there. Uh, so we had Rebecca, Jessica, Miranda, and then my granddaughter, Emma Rose, was there. So it was kind of nice to have a gang together, just sitting around chatting and having a nice lunch. Uh, crab meat was involved. Shrimp was involved. And uh, lots of fish. They had, they had a special on the menu was cobia. That really was terrible. <laughs> just kidding. It was delicious. Of course it was. Uh, but anyway, we had a really great time. I got just about everything at Christmas I could have ever asked for. Janelle is the best Santa on the planet. It was very uh, Beatles. Does that make sense? Beatley? Yes, Beatley. <laughs> I got the Let It Be box set and a really great book about with uh, Paul McCartney and all of his writings, all of his music and writings. I'm very excited about getting sitting down and reading that. So it was it was it was a good time and and again with the family and everyone together that was that was really special something that we all need 
not just me, but I'm sure everyone out there is happy when they can get family together after what we've been through for the past couple of years. So on the beachfront, as I said, I was coming back from the grocery and it was insane to say the least. I noticed there are a lot of very pink people out there. <laughs> what I mean is very close to sunburn. Not quite, but just, just mostly done. <laughs> like medium rare. <laughs> Not quite, but close. You know, you know, the weather's been outstanding. It really has. It's bright and sunny and beautiful here. It has been that way for a week. Uh, we had a little bit of a breeze at the beginning of it, but the breeze died down, and now it's just this high-pressure system is sitting on top of us. There's no rain. There's no clouds. There's no nothing. Um, it's just gorgeous. It's, it's about the prettiest Florida days you could ever hope for. Um, cool nights, warm days. Uh, temperatures have been running around 68, 69 at night, and the daytime temperature 80 to 82. I believe we're going to hit 85 by the weekend. Um, and very little wind. Uh, boats everywhere, fishermen everywhere, fishing trips. Uh, it's, it's funny, I drove by the marina and uh, down on the beach, and the charter row was empty. There wasn't a, wasn't a boat in there, um, so everybody was out, which was really great to see. And the tides have been good, too. We've, we've got a really decent tide for fishing right now, so things are getting really, really great along the beachfront and in the back, for that matter, but mostly on the beach. Um, we're coming up on a full moon, so that's going to push the water around really good, and that'll get everybody going. Uh, I was sitting on the beach with Janelle uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And um, we noticed that uh, people were trolling. You know, I, I take my binoculars to the beach. I got to spy on the fishermen. I got to see what they're doing out there. And you have to understand, in, in, on the East Coast, they're trolling in 100-plus feet of water within sight. Um, <laughs> I know that's weird. If you live on the West Coast, it's like, what? Yeah, when you got you to gotta travel out, you know, to 80, 90 feet of water, 100 feet of water, which could be 30, 40 miles out. Over here, you hit that almost immediately off the beach. So it's fun to kind of to to spy on them with my with my glasses and see what they're up to out there. I'm going fishing tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to go pier fishing. I haven't I haven't done that in a long time. So I want to hit the piers. Uh, the word is it's been good. I thought I'd give it a try. Get there early before the crowds get there. I'm going to go up to Pompano and go to the Pompano Beach Pier. Um, Pompano been running in that area, and so I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, I'm looking forward. I have a New Year's resolution, and that is to fish much more than I have in the past couple of years. No excuses, except, well, there was one big one, <laughs> covid yeah, it's kind of a problem, you know, when you're when you're immunocompromised, as I am, uh, being around people and doing stuff like that is just, I don't know, just, just going out worried me for a while. But things have gotten a lot better for me. I'm, I'm multi-vaxxed. That's what I call it now. I'm not sure what the limit is, but I'm multi-vaxxed. And, of course, that doesn't mean I can't get it, as we've all learned this past couple of weeks. But at least if I do get it, I have a much better chance of survival. <laughs> at least I hope so. Uh, but my excuses have been more about the COVID and book writing. I, I wrote two books in a little over a year. Um, actually, I had them published uh, November and November. So the first one was out November of 2020, and my most recent was November of 21. Um, I've, I, speaking of Beatles, and uh, they were releasing, you know, like three albums a year. <laughs> That's what it felt like. So I'm like, okay, I put down the pen. The pen is at rest for right now. Um, I'm going to just basically 
work on getting back out there and getting on the water. I've got a kayak I'm dying to use as much as possible. I want to do a little beach fishing. I'm going to travel north up toward Jupiter and give that a try. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to just, just getting back to, uh, I got to get my tan back. I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've turned as pale as some of the tourists that are here in town. So my stories will be, instead of printed or written down for the time being, will be part of my podcast. I'll be relaying stories. Heck, I'm a storyteller. Mostly all true. You know, like the size of the fish. So <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes next week. Over the past week, let's see, we visited the Miami Zoo. I wanted to touch base about that. Uh, now known as Zoo Miami. It was awesome. I, 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 My wife and I both are big cat people. We like the tigers and lions and I guess I should say bears now, right? But uh, jaguars, panthers, lions, tigers. Oh, my. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> the jaguars were awesome. They growled at each other. They were very upset. Um, the panther saw the, the, the Florida panther was out in the open roaming around. First time I've, I've seen one in captivity that was very, very active. Uh, lions were spectacular, lounging in the sunshine. And the tigers were great. Uh, there was a mama and her oversized cub. It, it, I guess you'd still call him a, a cub or a youngster. But, you know, he was chasing her and jumping on her and acting crazy. And it was just the crowd was loving it. I was loving it. Janelle, was, it, was, it was really great. So it was all fun. Uh, they've also got, it seems like they have every herd animal from Africa represented at that zoo. Uh, it was uh, everything. You know, I mean, start with gazelles and just work through antelope and the whole bit. Um, and the zoo is beautifully laid out. I really enjoyed the walk. Uh, we spent, let's see, we got there at 10 when it opened and we left at 4 when it closed. They closed early because they were having a special lighting that night. But we spent that entire time walking. And uh, <laughs> I got my exercise, got my steps in, that's for sure. Um, but if you get a chance and, and you're a zoo nut, I, I loved going to the Naples Zoo over on the West Coast. Um, small zoo but very effective. Lots of displays. Uh, one of the things I used to love doing at the Naples Zoo was going around twice. So you walk around the first time and you see stuff. And then by the time you get finished with that, a few hours later, you can do it again. And other animals are out and about. Um, the Naples Zoo is very well laid out. And I, I always enjoyed going there. I really um, kind of missed that one. Been to the Louisville Zoo um, because I lived there. That's also a great one if you're up in that area, if you're in the Louisville area. And the only other one that I remember real well is the Cincinnati Zoo, and I just remember that was huge. And I, I went there when I was working in Cincinnati. Um, but the Miami Zoo, Zoo Miami, as they like to call it now, is very, very impressive. And obviously plan on going back and doing that again. A quick follow-up on my favorite restaurant. <laughs> I have lots of them, but this one... This one kind of stands out uh, on the second trip, even more so than the first time around. Um, we went down to Fort Lauderdale Beach and went to Takato. Um, and it was the first time was amazing. Second time was even better, quite frankly. Um, we took uh, Miranda, my youngest daughter there, and uh, we had the most amazing. It's the service, the food, the drinks. It's all five star. Uh, they just knock it out of the park. And not only that, when you when you sit on the outside veranda, uh, you're basically facing the Atlantic Ocean, so you can't beat the view. 
Um, the sushi was melt in your mouth. Uh, salmon tataki. Oh my God, it was good. Um, let's see, wagyu. <laughs> yes, that was good. But I think what impressed me most was the quality of service. People really, really took care of us, kind of Johnny on the spot with everything. About the time you think you need something, somebody shows up. But more importantly, that food was just out of this world. Janelle and I have decided we're going to be regulars. Um, there's just there's just no avoiding it at this point. Lots has been happening on the um, uh, fishing front, if you will, especially when it comes to uh, um, the ecological stuff, uh, fishing rules, regs, that kind of stuff. There's, uh, uh, well, we're coming up on January 1, so be aware. Uh, start double-checking the fish and wildlife sites, uh, FWC in particular. Um, they make the rules and regulations, and of course the rules and regulations change often, uh, basically to fit the need, of course, of what's going on. So, but be sure to tune into that and see what's going on. I know flounders back open again. Uh, sea trout's open up in the east central. It doesn't. Sea trout doesn't close down in the south part, but it does up in east central, and I believe that's back open now. Um, obviously, snook is closed. Um, that was back on. I think it was December fifteenth on on this coast, on the east coast, and of course, it's been closed everywhere for a while. Uh, which is a good thing. I, I'm one of those people that doesn't object to that. I'm glad reds are open in most places, and I'm glad that they've got the sea trout kind of straightened out. There's a report out from Captains for Clean Water that you might want to check out. It's very detailed about the previous year and, and what was accomplished, especially with the uh, uh, Lake Okeechobee um, drainage, as I like to call it, pumping from left to right. Uh, there are some new controls in place which should make things a whole lot better. There's a great report available from uh, the Bonefish Tarpon Trust people. Uh, if you'd like to check that out, that's available online. Just go to, to uh, Bonefish Tarpon Trust. I believe that's bonefishtarpontrust.org. Um, and the same thing for captainsforcleanwater.org. Just just go go spend a little time reading about what's going on in these, in these places. It's important. Uh, water quality is... In my opinion, is probably the biggest problem we have with fishing right now is water quality. It's uh, water quality is is directly responsible for the amount of bait and critters in the water, which is directly responsible for how many fish are feeding. So it, one thing leads to another. So, but the water quality is quite important. So take the time to read up on what's going on out there in the in the big old world when it comes to uh, fishing in the state of Florida. So New Year's is right around the corner. Oh boy. 2022. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. 2020 was, holy cow. 2021 was supposed to be better. It was. It was. I mean, I just mentioned the Christmas thing, and that was that was great, you know, to get family together again. But obviously, we still have issues. Um, I don't know about where you are, but <clears throat> where we are, there aren't any big lockdowns, but there's concern with uh, mask wearing and uh, I'm putting mine back on again when I go into a crowded area. So in other words, go into Publix or whatever, I stick my mask back on. But all in all, I, I, you know, I don't know what to think about 2022. I don't even know where, I don't know. I, I know I want to fish more. I've already said that. I'm going to spend as much time as possible outside because I feel, as do many Floridians, that we are lucky to have outside. Um, where people up north in the Midwest... They're not even that far up, you know, northern Georgia going into into the Carolinas and Kentucky and Tennessee. You know, you're kind of trapped inside when the weather goes wrong on you. And 
Um, I think one of the saving graces for Florida has just been that we can go outside. And we can do a lot outside. I, I spent a great deal of time the first year in, in 2020 uh, bicycling and hiking, uh, walking, going to the beach, um, fishing, stuff like that. So I was away from people. And the, and the feeling was mutual. Just about everybody that was out there wanted to be away from each other. Nobody wanted to be on top of each other during that craziness. And then things started to calm down a little bit. We got into 2021, and then we had another outbreak. Um, the Delta, I believe it was, the Delta variant. Um, I believe that's right, yeah. Um, see how quickly we forget, <laughs> or, we, or we push it out of your head. <laughs> um, and... You know, all in all, I still follow the same rigmarole, the same rules that I followed all along. I stay away from people when possible. Uh, when in tight groups or going into an area that the doors are closed, a store, whatever, put my mask on. Um, you know, there's a lot of debate on how much it works and whether it doesn't, but my doctor recommended it. And if my doctor's kept me alive this long with the cancer that I have, I respect his opinion. So if he says do it, I do it. Eh, plain and simple. Same thing with vaccinations. Um but all in all, 2022 is kind of like a, uh, you know, it's like a, a dangling carrot for lack of a, no, how about a really good lure? <laughs> Something, a really good top water walking the dog lure, you know? It's like, it's just there in front of us. I want it so bad. I want it to be better than it was before. Uh, although I'm under the realization now that, that this particular uh, band of flu, COVID, this virus, is going to be with us for quite some time. It's not going to go away anytime soon. It's up to us to, to, to live with it and deal with it, I think, is really what it boils down to. But being a Floridian has been really pretty decent. I really can't complain. I heard many, many complaints from friends of mine and especially customers that have fished with me in the past that were living in other states and how it, it was bad. I mean, they just they couldn't do it. They were locked down. They couldn't do it. They couldn't go anywhere, couldn't go out to eat. Um, we're afraid to visit the store, you know, stuff like that. I, that's, that's sad. That's what that is. It's just sad. So I, I'm glad, I'm happy to be a Floridian, uh, very happy to be a, a Floridian. Um, and welcome to the state. You know, you people want to escape, come on down. Uh, just do what you're told when you get here. Um, airplane flights have been a real party. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience, but not me being on the airplane. My daughter came down. I mentioned all my daughters were here. My daughter came down with my granddaughter from Kentucky, flew down the day before, two days before she's supposed to leave. Uh, they sent her a text and said, sorry, flight canceled. It was Allegiant, if you, want, if you must know. We turned around and booked her a flight on Southwest for the very next morning. Instead of waiting two days, we decided to get what was, get... Get while the getting was good. I miss her. I didn't want her to leave, of course, but she'd been here almost a week, so she'd almost made it the entire time. So we put her on an airplane at the crack of dawn on Southwest. Here's the here's the great part. You'll love this. She's she there. She and uh, Emma are on the plane, ready to go, and they announce over the speaker over the intercom that the pilot is sick. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> I'm like, I believe, I believe my daughter said that Emma burst into tears, which <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and she swore up and down that she would never, ever, ever fly uh, during uh, Christmas again, ever. <laughs> she'll, she'll just take to the road. I, I agree with that. Actually, I think I'd rather drive at this point. But anyway, um, so they found a pilot. They managed to get him to Tampa. 
they were lucky that they had like a two and a half hour layover in Tampa to get up to Louisville to change planes. So it all worked out just fine. And they got home on time, believe it or not. But there were many, many other people that didn't. Uh, being as where we, we live on the East Coast, we live in Fort Lauderdale. We have one of the largest airports in the country. And then we have just about the largest down in Miami. So we have two enormous airports right next to us. And there were nothing but problems. Um, a lot of people did okay. I'm not going to say it wasn't, you know, but it certainly was far from perfect. Uh, nationwide, there were like 3,000 flights canceled, something like that. On that note, Janelle and I have talked a lot about, you know, traveling. We like to go places, but we have started to do short travel. We've started to, you know, I, I've got a Jeep. We're both happy with it. We love traveling, and it's very comfortable. Um, we can load our stuff in it, and off we go. And as long as the drive doesn't take more than two days, I'm not really interested in a three-day drive, but as long as I can I can go from here, say, to Georgia, up to South Carolina, spend the night, and then continue on up to visit family and friends in Virginia and west of Kentucky, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Things will get better. Things will improve. I'll get my butt back on an airplane. I'm not really excited about that right now, but eventually I will. Uh, I enjoy flying. and I enjoy uh, travel a lot. I love going places. And I have to say over the past two years, that's something I've really missed. Um, like I said, plenty to do here in Florida. Uh, John Allen are, are only about 90 minutes to the Florida Keys from where we live, so we can run down to the Keys. We're probably two and a half hours to Key West. Uh, so we can, you know, we can escape when we want to. And during the winter, I often kick back and I look around and I think to myself, there are people that pay thousands of dollars to fly and to stay in a resort and to enjoy the beach for one week. And we live here. And so, you know, I kind of have to count my blessings in that regard. So here comes 2022. I'm just hoping for the best. I'm hoping that every everything just goes according to plan. I'm hoping that things get better. Uh, please, Lord, let everything get better. Um, and that we can all kind of just get back to doing, you know, what we were doing before all this crap started. This next little segment is for a friend of mine, Steve. And he isn't the only one, but I'll just blame it on him. I got quite a few emails after doing the uh, the last podcast where I, I didn't do a, a solid subject, kind of like what I'm doing now. They liked it, and they want to hear more. However, storytelling came into play. <laughs> I, I got uh, quite a few notes, and Steve in particular, not only a uh, note, we, we have a, a Zoom cocktail party every month, and he was on the cocktail party, and he said, uh, Man, you need to tell stories on there. You're a good storyteller. And, and I always find that it's flattering when someone says that you're a good storyteller, but I, a little embarrassing. You know, okay, so I tell a good story, but I've had lots of practice. I spent 13 years teaching fishing classes. You better have some stories mixed in, otherwise your people are going to fall asleep at the desk. Um, many, many seminars, fishing discussions with clubs across Florida, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I also did a stint on, on live radio for 11 years that required three hours every Saturday of seat of the pants yakking. Um, you get, you get real good at stories when that happens to you. Uh, you know, radio is, is one of those scary things because radio, you can't have more than a few seconds of silence. It, it sounds like hours and, and it's bad. So you're always trying to, to, to yak it up. So anyway, because I got several emails requesting this, the good old-fashioned storytelling, mostly outdoors, 
mostly about fishing. That that was what was requested. Of course, I feel like I can probably go anywhere. So, so anyway, I'm game. I'm going to start this one. Um, this is a story that actually involved my friend Steve, who recommended this. Steve K. Uh, Steve, you know who you are. We refer to him as Magic. That was his nickname. Don't ask me why. That's, that's his nickname. Um, so this story starts in the Florida Keys. And it was many, many years ago, 25 years ago, thereabouts. I, I could be off by a little bit, but since it's my story, I'm allowed to embellish. So um, many years ago, Janelle and I kept a skiff down in Isla Mirada. We kept it at a little marina called the uh, Matacumbe Marina, uh, located just to the south of, of Isla Mirada proper. Uh, southwest, I should say, is the correct direction from there. That was, uh, it's now been turned into a resort style marina, but back then it was just one of those great little keys marinas with, you know, a local guy running it with his wife there. Um, they were wonderful people. They liked us. Eventually he talked us into keeping the boat there on a trailer. Uh, the, the rate was ridiculously low. We had the ability to wash the boat down when we were finished. Uh, and it, there was also a ramp we could use. And so, I mean, you know, it was it was terrific. Instead of towing the boat back and forth like we'd been doing from Fort Lauderdale, where we lived, all the way down to uh, to the Keys, just about every other weekend, it was nice to know that it was just there and we'd go. Now, part of the what happened with this story is fuzzy for me. Janelle filled in a few spots, but we had gone down to the Keys and gone to my favorite place, the Douglas House, which is located uh, all the way down at the southern end of, of Duval, uh, almost down to the, uh, the marker, you know, the Cuba, 95 miles of Cuba marker. Um, and I love the Douglas House. The Douglas House is one of those places that I spent a great deal of time at. Uh, my getaways from working at the bank in Miami, that's, that's where I went. I just went there to hide. It was, it was wonderful. Um, it was, uh, it's a, it's a, a group of small houses, uh, you know, like put together, big fence around it, and several swimming pools, and very quiet. One of the things I liked about it was Duval is great. I enjoy it. I love the live music and the partying and the nutty things that go on on Duval. But when you want to sleep, you can go south <laughs> and break away from Back then you could. I don't know if you can now, but back then you could. You could get away, and, and that's what the Douglas House meant to me. still there. It's still there. We, as a matter of fact, we checked on it recently to see what kind of rates they have. Uh, we were down there with some friends. We had Alan and Angie, who were also from the Fort Myers area. And uh, Alan was a great fisherman, just just patient as he could be, terrific at pulling a boat. Um, he passed away a couple of years ago, and I miss him terribly. Angie uh, is, uh, I call her the farmer now. <laughs> she has a farm um, up in uh, eastern Punta Gorda. And uh, anyway... They were there, we were there, and we had moved in. And Steve was going to meet us, Jonelle and I, up in Isla Mirada at the boat. He was on his way down to visit as well. So it was going to be a, a five-some at the place. And so we ran up there and loaded up the boat and headed out. And we went to a place we called the Snook Hole. Um, so you can guess how it got its name. Now, this was back in the day when I ate snook. I, I went out. I didn't. This was not catch and release snook. And it was very specific. This was like grocery shopping. Um, I don't do that. Heck, I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember the last time I had snook. So I, I want everyone to calm down. I, I don't do that anymore. As a matter of fact, I throw most things back. I'll keep snapper. I'll keep a pompano for dinner. Um, 
That's about it, really. <laughs> Get right down to it. Maybe the occasional trout now that it's open again, but real, the reality is I just, it's, I don't know, I just let them go. It's easier that way. I'm not fond of cleaning fish. I digress. So we met at the boat, and we had some of our favorite stuff on board for snooking. Uh, in my case, it was, uh, I, well, a combination. My Yozuri was probably the go-to. Uh, the, what, the early crystal minnow, which is just nothing more than the early red and white Yozuri. Redhead, silvery white body, a couple treble hooks on it, which, by the way, I mashed the barbs down. Uh, that way I could release the fish that were undersized or oversized, quite frankly. And also, if, it's, if, if you stuck one in yourself, it would come out of the skin instead of to have to go have it removed, uh, thanks to the barb. But anyway, so we were fishing, and we went to the snook hole. The snook hole was just a notoriously good spot. Uh, the first thing that happened, I tossed a Yuzuri up into the bush area uh, where these things, they like to hang out. It was, it was like a, it's like an island. It was a kidney-shaped island with a serious current and a wraparound current. So you could throw lures, and they would drift into the area, and then you start cranking to, to bring them down with the lip on the front, you know, to get them to, to chug down toward the bottom. And the snooks would come out from under the bushes and whack it. So I tossed this Yozuri up, and what comes out from under the bush but a giant mangrove snapper, and he nails it. How do I know that? Well, if you haven't fished in the Florida Keys, the water's crystal clear, so you can literally see what's happening right in front of you. The snapper zigged, and he zagged, and I thought, this is dinner. <laughs> this thing is really nice. And out of nowhere came this giant barracuda and ate it and my Yozuri, my $10 Yozuri, gone in a flash. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Ah, back up and punt. In the meantime, Steve is fishing. Steve's already scored a snook, or two, as I remember. Uh, one is legal and goes in the box. We would keep one per person. That's pretty much what we always did. Second time out with the Ozuri, I nailed a beautiful snook. I'm going to, I'm going to, this is using my old, old memory. I know it was legal, so I'm going to just say it was somewhere around 30 inches. Uh, put that one in the box and we're done with that. Now we're releasing fish. I honestly don't know how many snook we caught that morning. A lot. Um, it seemed easy. And once the cuda had been fed by my giant snapper, he was leaving us alone. He was watching us. It's always nice having this cuda over the stovepipe looking fish, keeping an eye on things. And I thought, you take one of my snook and, uh, well, anyway. So we, uh, we got back to the dock. Uh, put things back together, cleaned up some fish, and then headed south to Key West. Now, the timeline here confuses me at best, but I'll do what I can. I, know, I don't think we had this look for dinner. I believe it happened the next day. We were all there because the photograph I have of us around the table that day, it was in broad daylight. So I'm assuming it was a, it was a lunch, one of those, you know, the classic lunch that lasts forever like they do in the Keys. Um, you know, good bottle of wine, good company, lots of great conversation, two bottles of wine, lots of great conversation and the snook. But, but here's the weird thing. We were very limited in the ways to cook it. Uh, we didn't have a grill, which is what I would have done. Uh, we had a kitchen, but we had very limited supplies in the kitchen. I double checked this with Jonelle just to double check myself. She said we had butter, garlic, rosé wine, orange juice, fresh lemons and fresh limes. Now, she's the cook. For those of you if you didn't listen to the radio show over the years, you found out that, you know, she was the she was the official chef for Real Talk Radio. She would 
make these outrageous breakfasts every morning, which unfortunately now has turned over to Debbie and her hubby, who really is a chef. <laughs> sorry, guys. I, I know that that was, uh, yeah, you just, you can't get away from it. I'm sorry. Once it got started over the years, it just wouldn't go away. So Janelle, because she's really good at this, she basically took, she took the, um, she told me she sauteed the garlic and butter and then she added the liquid. So she added a little bit of, of, you know, OJ, rosé wine, and fresh lemon and lime. And she reduced it down to thick, she called it. Not crazy thick, but, and not quite, you know, not quite syrup, but, but thick. In the meantime, she buttered and then used Chef, Chef Paul's. We like seafood magic. Uh, you can get that at Publix. Sprinkle that on there and put that into bake. And then right as she turned it to broil, what, we, what we'll do with fish is we'll bake it at 350 for about 20 minutes or so. And then right toward the end, when it's, it's almost done, flip it to broil to just kind of broil the top of the fish. And at that point, she put the, the saute stuff that she created, that, that mixture, um, on the fish. It was out of this world. I can't begin to tell you how good it was. Steve loved it. Alan, Angie, we talked about this for years. I mean, this is 25 years ago. We still, every now and then, it pops up and go, do you remember the day she cooked that snook and she didn't have anything in the refrigerator? And I'm like, yeah, I sure do. I wish she could do it again. Of course, we'd have to use a different piece of fish. But for those of you that haven't eaten snook, oh, my God, it's wonderful. And if they ever get it straightened out, I'll eat a piece again. But in the meantime, I won't. Now there's a little tail end of the story that I have to tell. Steve went down to the Keys shortly after that. He went down for one of those big um, fly fishing seminar two-day events that they usually hold in, in Isla Mirada. Uh, I believe it might have been Sandy Moret's school. I'm not absolutely certain of that, but I believe that's whose school it was down there. And Steve was there, and he ran into Jose Wahebe. And he was talking to Jose, and he mentioned to him about this recipe. And... Um, and what had happened with the snook? And Jose was like, wow, that's wild. What, what did she do? And, and Steve says, I, I don't know, I'll call her. <laughs> so Steve calls Janelle and puts Jose Webby on the phone with her. Now, to say that Janelle was a fan of Jose Webby would be an understatement. The Spanish fly, unfortunately, who unfortunately passed away a few years back, and we dearly miss him. But he was quite the guy on television, and, and we did not miss a show. Jonelle did not miss the show. <laughs> so anyway, here she is talking to Jose Wahebi about her, her special recipe for the snook. So it's weird how these things just kind of go from one thing and they grow and they get bigger and bigger. But uh, there's my story. That's the story about the, the key snook out of the snook hole, the delicious lunch we had with great company. And, you know, that's what fishing is all about. It's, it, it pulls people together and and there's just so many great times to talk about. And, of course, I'll be doing that in the future. You can, you can count on it. Thank you so much for listening. I seriously appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend. Catch You Outdoors is hosted by Anchor and available via Spotify and now also on Apple Podcasts. Go to the podcast app on your iPhone and search for Catch You Outdoors. Our Facebook page is Catch You Outdoors. Our website is CatchYouOutdoors.com. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy.